Hello. Welcome to Yelling at Birds. I'm Matt. Um, this is episode something. I don't know. Um, today I was very fortunate enough to be able to sit down with Katrina for a little bit. Um, local organizer. Uh, she's been doing a lot of work around the lacrosse community building awareness and it was very nice of her to take take some time out of her busy schedule to talk to me. Um, some very important things uh, to hear in there, uh, especially I, I like I like hearing about people's backgrounds, and it was very it was especially interesting to hear what um, being one of the few black people in a small community was like um, growing up, and how early on, um, really how early on you notice that you're different, and um, there's you know a lot of parallels to be drawn with that, and then you know, other people's lives. Um, but it was very interesting to hear. Um, we talk about, uh, or she, I, she talks about, you know, what, what she sees that is being do, being done right in the community, what she's, what, um, is appreciated, what we're getting right. And also, you know, where we need to grow as a community and what we need to do to continue growing together as a community. Because I think at the end of the day, that's the most important part that, um, we feel, I mean, we are a community, no matter how big we get, we're a community and it's important that we feel that way and everybody in the community feels like a part of the community. That's really what we all want. Um, so I really appreciated her time. I will stop talking now and uh, get to the interview. Thank you very much for being here. How are you doing? Hoofda, tired. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I didn't know what was going on today. I was at work all day and I hop onto Facebook to see a live video from her. Yeah, no, it was a very um, last, like literally last minute, like last night, nine o'clock. Yeah. Putting in the organizing for it. We had thought that the Blue Lives Matter protest was happening next week. Okay. And so we were like, we were last night discussing, oh, how do we like what we want to do for next week. And then it actually turned out it was happening today because they had put the date wrong in there, <laughs> in their like event. So, so we like had a kind of bit of like a bit of a, a bit of a scramble to get everything situated, but it worked out really, really well um, because we wanted to just, uh, I think it's important that people understand when they say these things, that they recognize that there's a different way to like be. And so right. it was like a, it was like a, I, I, it was actually like a really cool, really awesome day, but it's just like this idea um, of, you know, you say like back the badge. It's like, okay, but what does that really mean? Because if you know, if you, if we can all agree, there's like a general consensus that like George Floyd shouldn't have died the way he did. Like tomorrow right. I shouldn't have died the way he did. Like if we all agree with this, then you can't say, that we back the badge no matter what that's a very dangerous like ideology like we have to yeah. say like you know we hold our police to a higher standard like and that like right. you know we want to do the things that you know create a safe environment and so i think like there's this idea of um i think that, that there's a real mentality especially in like the midwest of if you critique something or you give criticism on something, it like automatically means you hate something. Right, right. And it's like, <laughs> because we're like so used to being just like, we were talking about this today after the 
after the event, we were talking about how it's so conditioned, especially in the Midwest, like not to talk about stuff like that because it's like, it's an impolite thing to do. And it's like, but really like, it's a fine thing to do. We should talk about stuff like that. And it Absolutely. doesn't like these, yeah, these things do not have to be negative. So yeah, so it was a really interesting day. It was a good yeah. day. Well, and it's, and it's like, just because I'm for this doesn't mean I'm against this. It's, yeah. Um, and, you know, if you do support and love something, like you want it to be the best it can be. And with your loved ones too, like you're going to have to have tough conversations when things aren't happening. I mean, it, it, yeah. it's the same for that too. Um, you can't just blindly... I don't know, blindly accept, blindly follow things. Blindly. Yeah, that's like a very, yeah, I do. I just find that to be like just a very dangerous mentality to have because, you know, you not like, we have to have these difficult conversations because nobody is perfect. And it's not about right. like being perfect. It's about like growth and like growing as a person. Yeah. But if you're just constantly like, no, I'm not even going to listen to that because I think it's attacking the police or whatever it is. And it's like, okay, but because you're not listening, like they can't get any better. Like if you just hold Absolutely. them at this bare minimum standard with anybody, you know, you hold anybody at a bare minimum standard, then I'm not saying that there aren't going to be people that still rise above, but it's really hard and you're making it so challenging. And I'm like, why, why would we make it a challenge to be like really great? <laughs> like, <Yeah>. <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs> um, all right. Well, welcome thank you thank you very much for being here um basically you know this is just a quick conversation you know uh with you this gets recorded it's not live so um if something you know doesn't seem quite right you know just let me know um i just really wanted to what's important to me you know this this podcast started out as more of like mental health uh, recovery um aspects of life but i know a lot of things that we learn in recovery can be applied in a yeah. lot and broadly in life um yeah. and also like i really think it's important to me that um i have people on here that have very different experiences than me so i can learn so other people out there can feel represented um because mm -hmm. i obviously don't represent everybody um so i appreciate you being here thank you for having me of course uh do you prefer cat or katrina Cat is fine, yeah. Okay, perfect. Well, Cat, um, I guess to start out, um, can you tell me a little bit about yourself, kind of where you're from, what your background is, um, and uh, kind of what you're doing now? Yeah. So um, my name's Cat, and my parents were both actually in the military. They met in the military. So when I was a young kid, we moved a around, but my mom graduated from Toma, Wisconsin, and so that's where she went to like high school and stuff. Um, but we moved around a lot when we were kids. And we didn't move back to this area until um, I was in fifth grade and we moved yeah. to the Ontario area. And if you're really familiar with this area, Ontario is a super, super small town, um, actually more of a village <laughs> about 30 miles away from La Crosse. So if you ever want to do anything, if you want to go to the movies, if you want to go to like a grocery store, like even if you want to go to like Walmart, like your closest spots are going to be like lacrosse sparta or toma like you have to sure. travel to one of those locations like we don't have anything like that there in that town and so we would come to lacrosse a lot obviously for anything bookstores anything like that you needed and then when i graduated high school i came to school here and i graduated from viterbo and yeah. i lived and worked in this area 
um, with the parenting place in La Crosse until I worked there. I started to um, head the office in Sparta. And so we moved to Sparta so that I could be closer to work. And we've lived in Sparta for the past two years. Um, but we still, I work a lot in La Crosse, so we still are always out there um, and doing things. So I have like a real love for just this area. Like I really sure. like this, this area, you know, I really do. I really do love it. Um, and I like really believe in it. Like, I'm like, I believe we can do such great things. Um, so I always do take issue. Like I've been, like people have said, like, um, kind of made the comments of like, like, why are you even talking about like lacrosse issues and stuff like that? And I'm like, cause I still consider myself part of the community. <laughs> like, and I like still really, like, I still really love that city. And, um, you know, my husband, and I actually consistently talk about how like we miss, like there's so many things about lacrosse that we just miss. Like it is really such a great place. Um, but you know, we do have to recognize the, the spots that could use some improvement. <laughs> right. Right. Absolutely. Um, so I guess what are what are the things a few of the things that are are going on that you're doing to kind of hold lacrosse or this community to a a better standard a higher standard um i think a really big thing right now is first of all just addressing the situation i have lived in and around this area for so long that i know this to be true we really do not like to address like the things that we consider bad things like racism we don't like to address that we don't like to look at we don't like to consider what that even looks like um i can't count the number of times growing up um having someone stay for instance like oh i forget you're black because you sound so eloquent when you speak and me being like that's really racist yeah. <laughs> and then being like no it's not it's a compliment like you know and like not even like addressing like even when I bring it to the attention like addressing the situation of like no that's actually like a really hurtful thing to say um and we have so many of those transgressions that happen and because we have so many um it's very interesting that when something big happens and I can remember growing up and even now as an adult when something big kind of happens um you know if I'm an instance would be like I remember walking out of a Walmart with my sister and a bunch of people chucking out water bottles at us and calling us the n-word and I remember like being like this happened and this was really terrible and the immediate response being like oh well what were you doing and because we yeah and I was like I was literally walking out of the store yeah. like we were just having a conversation we were just walking out but because we have all these little acts of well I wouldn't even say little just these micro aggressions of racism that we don't address when mm -hmm. these big actions happen people get so used to that mindset of ignoring it or trying to justify it as that being their default setting that things escalate so much more easy because of that like when you give them that space it just like really escalates so one really getting this out to kind of people in the community of having a different dialogue of how we look at racism and understanding the many levels of that understanding how certain things connect um a lot of people don't understand what systemic racism is and how that all connects with each other how it really is this kind of like wheel that we're kind of stuck in so having those conversations and then another big thing is getting people more interested in their local elections. Um, local elections have a really big say on a city, especially when it comes to budget and what's being prioritized. And if you have 
leaders in power who are not ready to hear the voices of marginalized communities, then those voices will consistently be ignored and they'll consistently stay in these like cycles. Um, so I think that it's really important for members of the community to understand how those local elections affect everyone and understand things from a different perspective. There are a lot of things, sometimes things that like sound really cool where they'll say, oh, we're gonna do this. Um, yeah. You know, like the Gunderson expansion. They're like, oh, this is really cool. This is gonna be great. Like we're gonna have housing and it sounds really great up front. But the reality of that situation was because of how they expanded, a lot of the marginalized community in, in La Crosse ended up homeless because they bought the houses to expand, but the okay. renters are not the owners. The renters just live there. And yep. so then they were told that they need to leave because their houses are now being demolished and there wasn't enough affordable housing to go around. So all of a sudden you had this uptick in homelessness simply off that. And it's just one of those things where it sounds like such a great idea at the top, but if you're not looking at how that's affecting every member of the community, then you see this, you know, you see this, this situation where, where families ended up homeless. And then we wonder, um, you know, people will say like, you know, well, why don't you have a job? And it's like, no, they do have a job. You just kind of took their house. <laughs> like, no, absolutely. And they're like, and they, you know, because we don't have a, you know, becomes again, that cycle, we don't have affordable housing. So it doesn't matter if they're working 40 hours a week. If you're making minimum wage, you're working 40 hours a week and you're only making $400 a week and the rent for a house for your family is minimum a thousand dollars right we haven't even gotten into just like your gas and your kids expect like you you're never going to be able to afford that and a renter is never a landlord's never going to let you in because they're going to say you can't afford it so then you're homeless <laughs> and, and we all just kind of contributed to this um just by not understanding how that was going to impact the community so uh, really pushing people to understand like locally what's happening and then mm -hmm. reaching out to those other communities and saying, okay, how will this affect them? is a really big thing to me. Yeah. And it's hard because that's, it's relentless. It's the yeah. cycle of information with everything going on is just absolutely relentless. But um, yeah, it's, it's crazy how little attention gets paid to local issues yeah um, by the majority you know there's yeah. there's a hand there's like a handful of citizens that are like just on every on everything but um the things that directly affect us as a community we pay the least attention to it seems yeah and um, i my husband and i actually had this comfort had this conversation because we were talking about like local elections and even things that happen like um local or at the state or whatever it is like it, i swear like for a lot of people if it's not a presidential election they really have no idea what's like going on uh -huh. um and the funny thing is is you know checks and balances only work if you're <laughs> having people in office that can check that so like those mm -hmm. things are so important and so we were having this conversation um and we were talking about the lacrosse city council and I was, I was like frustrated um, because I was like, you know, there are people in this community who are like saying like, pause this and like, let's talk about this budget. This is a lot of money. This is the biggest budget we've ever had. Yeah. We don't know how COVID is going to affect us. We don't know how this complex is going to affect the neighborhood. Like there's so many unknowns. Like, let's just put a break on this. And my husband said like, how are those people like at, even in office? And I was like, 
because people don't pay attention to that stuff. <laughs> and I'm like, if you go into like, you know, if I walk into, you know, Bean Juice and say, hey, do you know who your district's councilman is? Like, there's gonna be silence on the floor. They have no idea who that person is. And even if they are, like, go to a local election or go to like a state election and, you know, they're going to the presidential race election and they see senators, for instance, Right. The instinct, because we're not paying attention to who that is, like lots of people will just see the name and they'll just choose a name at random because they're there and they're in there and they'll be like, oh, well, you know, I've heard the name Dan Kapanke before. That should be like a good, like, that should it, yeah. be good. yeah, like I've heard it. So that must be a good choice, but they don't actually know what they're, how they fall on those issues and mm -hmm. then want to be really surprised when um you know we do something like it was really funny like the amount of surprise people had uh with the budget and putting a pause on that everyone thought that was just gonna you know like we were like we just need four people to recognize that we should put a pause on this and we mm -hmm. were one vote short and you know everyone was like super disappointed and like how could this happen and i'm like because when you put people in power who aren't listening to all those different stories right there's not a whole like you we, we have to be really vigilant about who's representing the community and having an understanding that like there's more to the community than just that surface level like, we have to look at all those things um but yeah so we were having that conversation because i was like people really don't know who they're you know they don't know who their local officials are they, they might know their mayor <laughs> <laughs> and then like that's it and honestly the mayor is a real 50 50 like i've definitely had people be like <laughs> I don't know who's the mayor of lacrosse. <laughs> like, great yeah. work, team. <laughs> yeah. Well, and um, like we should probably feel concerned when like uh, council seats come up and they're unopposed. Yeah, like, like running that unopposed. happens a lot. Yeah. Because then and you're then just kind of like, it. all right, yeah, it doesn't matter. I guess that's that's the person. Yeah. Um. So that like they're always there should be always. I'm really big fan of there being like multi like. I think in every election, there should be multiple people up. Mm -hmm. And like, because I think you need to have multiple like choices and voices and, and things that they're saying. Um, I think a lot of times people don't understand which types of committees um, control which things. So uh, like your county board, if we're looking at mental health issues, it's really important to know who's on your county board um, sure. because they are the ones who a lot of times in that situation, they're the ones that administer that to like the cities within the county. So if you, you know, have somebody who's like, anxiety is not a thing. Like you all of a sudden yeah. just lost that funding. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, that is really, that is a thing. <laughs> um, but now that person's in power for the next two years and uh, you're spending your energy educating them on why this is an important issue right. and then for two years nothing gets done because they're still playing catch-up like that's um it's like a really kind of scary side of things that's why i like truly truly believe that you you have to stay on top yeah. of those situations um because it can have long-lasting consequences absolutely so you've been kind of ramping up the importance of paying attention to local politics <laughs> yeah um so what has i guess about little cross community i mean what do you i guess we'll say the the, the white community um mm -hmm. with what's going on um what do you feel how do you feel like what do you feel like we're getting right so far i think like this is um this is the first time in this area where i have seen such a huge movement 
um, of like white allies, of like people who are willing to like sit down and listen and learn. And you know, this is really the first time where in my, I'm, I'll turn 30 next month and this is the first time in my life I've really had this many people come up and say like, hey, like what can we do? How can we help? And I'm like, I've been my whole life for this. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm really pumped about that because it is needed. needed. And I actually talked about this, um, I talked about this today at our at our protest, um, and I reminded people that, you know, a lot of these issues that we're discussing within the Black community or the Indigenous community, people of color in general, like, they're discussions that we have been having for a very, very long time. Yeah. Um, and for the first time, uh, and we have been fighting this for a very, very long time and not yeah. making a whole, like we've, we've made, we've had like little victories, but like we still have like so much to do. And for the first time, because white people in a community are asking what they can do, it's the first time we're starting to see like real policy changes. And because we have to have, like we have to have both those sides of the coin to like move forward. Right. Um, it doesn't work when we're just like flying solo by ourselves. Uh, we found that out even just when we look at like the civil rights movement and things like that. Like we had so mm -hmm. many, you know, black leaders who were out there saying like, here's what we need. But at the end of the day, it took a white president to sign that into law. Like we right. had to have that backing. Um, and that's still, you know, that's still where, where we're at today. So it means a lot to me. And I know it means a lot to the community when white members of the community are ready to come to us and listen and learn and figure out what they can do to help support us because that's how like we need again we need that energy to create a lot of change um especially when it comes to policy changes and things like that yeah. um we also need that energy when it comes to just you know education in general i really like when um i'm seeing a lot more people within the white community stepping up and educating others which is awesome. That work is very draining and the black community has been doing that for a long time. <laughs> yeah. So it's really nice. Like when I see something come up that people are willing to like, you know, for a lot of times, especially in this area, when I would address it, you know, it felt like I was just flying solo and being like, Oh my God, I'm going to have to make this comment. And I know like 50 people are going to comment on it about right. like how I'm so wrong. And like, really, I'm like, Oh, I'm just trying to show you guys like something different. Um, so it was like really taxing. And so it's awesome to like go on and like see or be in other spaces and see when people make a comment that's inappropriate, seeing another person, a white member of the community willing to step up right away and say, oh, hey, you know what? Actually, <laughs> and like doing that education piece. And I'm like, yeah, let's keep doing that because we, we do have to keep having these conversations. Mm -hmm. um, and it gets like hard on, even on me. Like there are just days where I'm like, I can't, <laughs> I'm yeah. so tired. Um, so I love that. I really love seeing that. It makes me super happy. Perfect. Yeah, I mean, no one wants to feel alone. And I'm sure yeah. that early on, well, especially this community, um, if you're having to be the educator, you're probably one of the few black people in a scenario or yeah. people of color in a scenario. So, like, you always have to be that person. Exactly. And, and it was Yeah. It's draining. And it's also, like, very different. Um, like, when I go down to my when I would go down to visit my dad, we would always spend like our summers with our dad and he lived in Baton Rouge in New Orleans. And there's okay. such a big, like black thriving community there. And it was so like nice because like you had that, you yeah. know, you had that community and you had that backing. 
and then I would come home up here and I was like me and my sister were literally the only like in our village it really is like a village we were the only black people um and so it becomes this really weird it becomes this really weird burden because all of a sudden you become the poster board of black people and like anything that you do like because they don't like, because nobody in that community had any exposure to other black people besides what they saw in the media mm-hmm. anything that my sister and I did that was black culture you know what i mean and so then it's like it's so hard because you know you're growing up and you're being a kid and you should be allowed to make mistakes right. and um have these moments and like i you know i remember growing up in the the pressure actually just mental health wise the pressure um was so incredible and just so burdensome like I remember like just like I mean it literally almost broke me because it was just this idea of if I stepped out of line then all of a sudden you know it was them being like this just must be how all black people are like I felt like so like just I like the the perfection of it all like I was a really um it's actually funny if people like know me now versus like in school I was a very in a lot of ways straight-laced kid like I didn't go to parties. I didn't experiment with like drinking. Like I didn't do any of that stuff because I was so afraid that like if I did step out of line and do something, like I would be letting down the entire community. Like people would be like, oh, yep. Of course she got like caught at a party drinking. Those black people, they just drink all or like it yeah. would be that. So it was like, there was no, you know, my friends really got to, you know, experiment and kind of be out there and kind of make mistakes and you know when those things happen it was just like oh you know we all make mistakes Mm -hmm. like I couldn't have those those moments and so that was a lot of pressure and I remember even when I was getting ready to take my ACTs I had a friend and he was like a friend like we knew each other we'd grown up to each other and I was talking about you know feeling this much pressure to do well on this ACT I needed to get to college like I was just like very just you know stressed and he was like why are you taking an ACT? You're not going to college. And I was like, why wouldn't I be going to college? And he's like, I mean, like, I guess they do like affirmative action. I guess they'll have to let you in, but it's not like, and I was just like, so, because I was like, you know, I got like good, you know, I wasn't like I was getting D's and F's all over the place or anything. I really did try hard. And it was like, it didn't even matter. Um, because I was, I was black. So there's this just expectation. It was like a real, like, I remember even on like my, for members on my mom's side of the family, they were like, just convinced my sister and I would be pregnant before the end of high school. Like, because we were black, like they were like, that will definitely happen. And I was like, I didn't even have a boyfriend until I was 16. (laughs) But they were like convinced that I would do that just, you know, based on something so insignificant. But like, though, that's why I was so like, uptight about everything is because I felt like, if I did anything wrong, then it wasn't like, I wasn't just failing myself. I was literally failing an entire community of black people. Like I would now be like this stereotype. So it was just like really, like I was just really stressful in a lot of ways growing up. Like that was just a very, I did not enjoy high school. (laughs) Like like, even as a, how, how, how young were you when you felt like you were representing black people everywhere, like in your community? Like the how first, was, yeah, yeah, no, the first time that I recognized, um, like the difference where I, like, where I like knew, yeah. um, was actually in second grade Jesus. and I was in a school and, um, 
my second grade teacher ended up segregating me from the rest of the class. And so okay. none of the kids were allowed to talk with me. And um, if they did talk with me, they would get in trouble. So like very quickly as a kid, you pick up on the fact, oh, you don't talk to the me, like you don't talk to that bad black kid because you'll get in trouble. Really? She'll always get you in trouble. Yeah. And so they, yeah, she put my desk to the back of the classroom and she would tell like my mom, um, I remember they had like a parent teacher conferences and she had said like, she's lazy. She's always not following directions. She's laying on the floor. Like she doesn't do her work. Like there was all these things. And my mom was like, you know, what's going on? And I was like, I swear I'm not doing any of those things. Like I just sit yeah. there and I do nothing. Um, and that whole year we had like problems. I remember we did like a class play. She wouldn't let me try out for the lead. Um, like I wasn't allowed to, everybody else got to, and I wasn't allowed to, she assigned me as a milkmaid. Um, she, we had to make these costumes for it. And I had decorated mine with all these hearts and she made me rip all of mine off. So then mine looked like super, super messy in comparison to everybody else's. Um, and her reasoning was that I hadn't had, I hadn't asked if I could use hearts was what the reasoning was. Okay. But the directions were just to create, like they, she said, decorate your apron. So we were all decorating our aprons in like different ways. And so it was just like, it was a constant cycle of her doing that. And I remember that being the first time being like, realizing that I was black and then having this idea that that must be a bad thing. And that if yeah. I wasn't perfect, like I would be bad and I would be like a bad representation of what like black people were. And it was really crazy because my, I didn't tell my mom any of the stuff that was going on and she didn't notice it until the end of like the end of the year, she had to stop at the school. I'd forgotten my lunch. By this point, it was the end of the year. I ate lunch by myself. I had zero friends. I had learned just to be quiet. Like I barely even talked. And I was just so focused on being as perfect as possible. I didn't speak. Like it was just, um, it was just crazy. And my mom threw a fit when she saw me at the back because I was at the back of the class. I wasn't with any of the other students. I had like my corner in the back and that's sure. where I stayed. Wow. And, um, and so she threw like a big fit. And the teacher's excuse was that if she put me in the rows, then her rows would be uneven. And um, so she kept me back there the entire year for that. So she said, but really it was just because I was black. And yeah. my mom had asked me, well, why didn't you say anything? And I had said, because she's a teacher and like, you said that I was supposed to respect them. So yeah. like my, like the thing I learned that year to me was I was like, she's a teacher, she must be right. Like I must be mm -hmm. being like a bad black kid. Like I have to be a better black, black person. So that way she doesn't hate me anymore. Like, so I must not be doing like a good enough job. And that was really the message that I got that year. And so then from that point, like forward, I was just really very like, there was just like a lot of pressure. Like I always felt under pressure to like not be, you know, this bad black child. Like, I just felt yeah. like, I, like, you know, if I could just be perfect enough, I could show people that I was like a good person. Like I had this like mindset and it took me a really long time um, after graduating high school to unlearn a lot of those like really terrible like habits. And because of that, like I was very, like I had really bad anxiety. I had like really bad mental health issues, like even going through like high school and stuff like that. Um, in a large part to that, because I felt so much pressure to be perfect and that's not a real thing to be. And right. it, again, it's this idea. I mean, we, we see it, I see it in the news all the time. Anytime there is a, 
black victim of police violence, the first thing that they do is comment on whether or not they're a good person. You know, it'll be like, well, what were they like doing? And it's like that mentality, this idea of like black people aren't allowed to make mistakes ever. Right. And, and it, so that like infiltrates yeah. the community. And so it is, it's like a heavy thing. And I did like by second grade, I recognized that that was, that was a thing in society. Yeah. Well, that's like, that's a straight up abusive childhood. Like yeah. people that are abused by their family, like they grow up with some of those, the, a lot of the same issues. Like yeah. anxiety that like need to be perfect that yeah because you think like if you can just be super perfect like nothing bad will happen like if i can just right. be super perfect they won't go off yeah and it is it's that exact same and so that's why when we look at like the trauma of black communities like we have to look at all those pieces yeah. it is a very traumatic upbringing and like as as we even grow up we we do have a lot of trauma by it. and people react to that trauma in so many different ways and that's not people aren't acknowledging how that affects like behavior and how that like just the traumatic stress that's left yeah. just from that <laughs> and, like we don't and so when we look at you know especially even when we look at like mental health issues for the black community it's very underrepresented um mm -hmm. and it's really hard for the black community to get those resources um as it is, and it's really hard to even talk about those um, because a lot of times we are portrayed as only being able to have anger as our only emotion. Yeah. Like you're an angry black lady or you're the angry black man or you're aggressive or whatever it is. Like we, you know, traits like sadness or depression or euphoria or like any of those things, those don't get associated like with us. Mm -hmm. um, so then when we exhibit any of those signs, um, they're ignored. <laughs> and if we exhibit anger, which is a natural reaction to any sort of thing, then we're told that like, we're living up to a stereotype. And it's just very like, it's like a very much a lose lose situation. Um, and it does just break people down. Like if you are constantly told that it's a very just breaking down um, sort of mentality. It's, it's super toxic. Like I can't stress yeah. that enough. <laughs> Yeah, that's why, like, at the beginning of this thing, I mean, we were hearing about black trauma. And, yep. like, that common, those, well, I don't, I don't know shit about it because I didn't grow up that way. Um, so I was, like, ma making connections with things that, like, we could relate to. But, you know, one thing I think No, it about, really is very similar to that. Like, yeah. when you talk about the abusive, it's like growing up, society has become our parent. And they're just yeah. like incredibly abusive and we just grow up in it and it really is like that yeah so like i like to think about like well okay how can i relate this to things that like white people would listen to um because yep. it's it's like an abusive relationship and you've got to you have to think about um, i think like white adults are used to being listened to but imagine yeah. like so like the closest correlation that you can make to like a white adult thinking about their life and somebody you know, reacting with anger is, is maybe like their children. Like think yep. about if your kid isn't, li you're not listening to your kid, you're not listening to your kid, eventually they're gonna freak, like they're gonna express you're gonna, anger. Yeah, they're gonna, and yeah. If like, I know if I was just being ignored all day, imagine being ignored my entire life, like eventually you express anger or you just give up and fade away. And then yep. just, yeah, separate yourself from society.
And I think that definitely really does happen. And I think like, that's why even when people were talking about like the rioting happening in Minneapolis and just like in other cities around the, the country uh, and being like, oh, they're so wrong and all that stuff. And I'd, I would say to people, I'm like, do I like personally want to go like out and like do this? And I'm like, no, I don't. And I'm like, but also I did not just lose my child. Right to you know a member of society that's supposed to protect and serve everyone like i did not just have that experience i'm like i have had the experience of growing up in our area and i can tell you that everybody has a breaking point and that's not like a good thing or a bad thing that's just a reality and i'm like so i'm not gonna sit here and vilify these writers you know as they say I'm not going to do that. I'm like, I'm going to vilify what got them to that point. Like, I'm like, you know what? Had we been listening and having these conversations, like we wouldn't, like they wouldn't feel like when you push someone to a point where they feel like that's what they have to do to get your attention. Like then we really have to look inward as a, as a society. And the crazy thing is, is they got more change doing that than we've done in the seven years of peaceful protesting with black lives matter. And it's like, that's like an insane thing like it's like an insane thing to me that that's how far you know the citizens of minneapolis had to be pushed just to get that going especially when we all knew like it's crazy because i've talked to even like other like people who will be like oh yeah minneapolis does have like a really bad like pr- police brutality problem I'm like well if you yeah. know why aren't we doing anything about it <laughs> we acting like they don't (laughs) absolutely um so what can you kind of mentioned like like some things that you feel are are going right you know what what more do you need like it do you as a community need yeah i think that we really have to like one again you know we have to keep listening to those voices but we also have to make real change in how we're viewing things um And especially like if we are, you know, if we're in the boat of raising children, I can't stress the importance of that enough. Um, There are so many things that I think in the white community we don't think about. And and a lot of times at like protests, I like to point this out where I'll say, you know, when we talk about how these little things happen, if you go into Walmart, you know, I'll tell everyone, I'm like, raise your hand if you could go into Walmart right now and find a Native American doll, like a Ho-Chunk doll or a Lakota doll or a Hopi doll. And you could just find that on the shelf. Right. Like raise your hand if you could do that. And nobody can raise their hand. It's not there mm-hmm. um, because toy makers and stuff like that don't think that that's needed or necessary. But the problem is, is then what happens is as a kid, and I can say this from personal experience, you know, when you go down that aisle and you don't see any representation of yourself yeah. on shelves, you begin to think that the reason that you're not there is because like you're not good enough or you're not pretty enough to be there. And they've actually done studies of this with um, young black children where they'll, you know, give the kids two dolls to choose from and they'll ask them questions like, which doll do you think is the prettiest? You know, which doll do you think is the most well-behaved? Which doll do you think? And they'll just do this. And black the majority of black girls like and by the time that this is happening by the time they're like five will choose the white doll because they never see any representation of themselves being the good ones or the pretty ones or anything like that Mm. um 
so as like the adults like we we need to start making sure that there are portrayals of all of black culture and you know all of people of colors cultures and things like that we need to start normalizing that and having right. those those conversations and having those dialogues um i always recommend you know people need to expand their circles i'm like if if you don't have anybody in these cultures to talk to and to hear the, their voices on there like you there, there can't be any growth right you don't know what the you know you don't know what the issues are you have to expand your circle and have those people in your group that you are hearing those voices from um you have to make sure that even when it comes to like the media that you're consuming and things like that being really watching with intent and recognizing um a lot of times we like to conflate the the reality and the unreality you know we'll watch something and we don't even think about how often we ever see a well-developed black character or even one of the kids um, mentioned today at the rally they were like i cannot name a single native american actor because i don't see it like and i was like that's like fair like we don't and so you know these things like when we talk about um like the oscars i remember when the, the whole oscars are so white was going around and people were like why does this matter? And I remember trying to explain to people because it's not that the members who are going up for these, it's not that they were the best actor out of anybody who was putting out movies right now. Yeah. It was just that those communities are so underrepresented. The Oscars boards didn't even watch the other movies that were being made. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that's a problem. <laughs> like you have to, you know, you have to see, you know, what other, and especially if you want to, you know, grow to be better and like have those perspectives and things like that. So I think it does take like a lot on ourselves, like that every day of thinking like, you know, what black authors am I reading? You know, if I, if you're into poetry, like, do you know how many amazing like Native American poets there are, like, you know, look those people up and like enjoy some like good times, like understand that there's so many, like so many other things to these cultures, um, recognizing like the history of things. Like there are so many things um, as a teacher, I have to remind people of where they just don't know. Um, I was just having a conversation the other day about how Confederate statues came to be. And people were saying, oh, that's part of our history. And I was like, no, that was never put up to be part of our history. Right. If you check the dates when those the majority of those statues were put up, they will coincide with times in which black people were asking for equality. So they would put up the statues as a sign to the black community members, like in this city, we're doing it this way. Like the South may have lost the like the battle, but we didn't lose the war. Like you're not equal here. And that was what those statues were meant to represent. And it's really interesting because if you look into that history, you will see that there's actually a lot of statues like that in the North. And it was because during that time, we like to pit North and South against each other, but there was a lot of Northern states who were not okay with black people seeking equality either. And there were a lot of race riots during that time and lynchings and things like that. And, you know, that's the real history of those statues. Those statues really have nothing to do with the Civil War. It's all about they were a symbol of oppression. Right. Um, and, like, people, you don't learn that in school. Um, so it's really up to us as adults to now seek those resources out and really kind of go back to the beginning of our history and unlearn a lot of things and 
see a lot of things for really what they are because we can't move forward if we keep thinking, you know, George Washington was the greatest that, you know, the, an American hero. Like, right. did he start, you know, was he our first president? Yeah. But like, does that give him license, you know, to enslave, <laughs> enslave people? Like, we have to look at them realistically and with intention and say, you know, it's not, like, you don't get a pass on the evils you did just because you were the first president. That's not right. how it should work. Like, we should just look at that honestly, and kids should be taught that honestly. Um, that, yeah, you know, he was the first president, but also, <laughs> and then the rest of that story, um, because it needs to be heard. Because, again, we, we do this all the time where we give people passes on their racism, depending on what they've done for the country. Right. And the problem was that it's like that leads to a lot of horrible situations later on. And then a lot of people making excuses for their own behavior. Oh, mm -hmm. that's not really racist because I have a black friend. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And I, yeah, we do, do have a lot to learn, like a, a ton to learn. Um, yeah. I think and that just shows like how, how insignificant those statues are to the white community, like in reality, because like yeah. most of us wouldn't know, like we would assume that like, oh, they put it up during the time of the civil war. They put it up. Yeah. And it really just sounds like they were just trying to fucking troll the black It people. really was like, they were like, surprise. Yeah. Um, that's actually a fun fact on like the, the Confederate flag. That became a big thing yeah. during segregation when people are trying to end segregation and so they would actually it was a sign if you carried the american flag you were saying that you believed in equality because that's what americans stood for if you can carry sure. the confederate flag you were saying that you wanted separate but equal to remain the standard and so if you were a black person caught with an american flag that was grounds to like be beaten or killed or lynched like it was like that was and so it's always funny to me when people will be like no the confederate flag is about our history and i'm like no i mean a history of violence <laughs> like, but is that what we want to promote want to be. <laughs> like, guys so what's um there's a lot going on there's a lot to do there's a lot of work to do what are you what are you hopeful for or what gives you hope? really yeah no honestly being out in the community and like like today was such a crazy, like it was such a great day. Um, we went out and what the whole goal was, we knew that there was going to be um, like a back the bad sort of rally thing. And we were like, that's cool. That's awesome. But we wanted people in the community to understand that like we were still here and we were still fighting. Right. Um, and so we, you know, we didn't engage or anything like that. It was totally peaceful and it was totally cool. And then we just wanted people to, uh, we talked with a lot of members of the community too. And it was amazing because people would just come up like, and join us, like join the line. People who were just like walking by or drove by and saw us, they would come and like park and be like, Hey, like what, is, what's, what's going on? What's happening? And we would explain what, what, what it was we were doing and, you know, say, like, we just think it's really important in this community that we keep pushing forward. And they'd be like, well, we want to join you. We'd be like, awesome, like, grab an extra sign. So we had people literally coming out of the street to just join our line. Um, we had businesses in uh, the area who, like, donated food and, and, like, sandwiches and stuff to us just to be like, yeah, keep up the, like, good work. Like, thank you for being out here. 
um, we had, you know, literally somebody stopped and was like, we're going to run to festival for you guys and just grab some water just to make sure you guys are staying hydrated. Like we really appreciate what you're doing. And it's like those kinds of things like reminds me that, you know, we're really on the right path. And, you know, you see in the community um, that people are, you know, listening and they, you know, they're ready for change, you know, and that's really, that's like such an amazing, great thing. Um, So today was like, anytime we have like moments like this, um, it just reaffirms what it is that we're doing because it was such a, it was such a community feel you know, of people just trying to help each other. And I really believe that that's how things should be. Mm -hmm. And like, that's what I saw today. And it was just like super beautiful. Like it makes me emotional, honestly, Um, because I'm like, that's so, yeah. Like, I'm like, it's so beautiful. I love it. (laughs) Um, So it really was like today was a great day. And there have been a lot of days like that where people, you know, will reach out um, and ask how they can help. Or just say like, you know, we really appreciate what you guys are doing. And like, that's amazing because I'm telling you, had I been doing, had I, you know, been doing something like this, like when I was in high school, yeah, like this would not have been the majority like (laughs) consensus. So like, it makes me so happy because I'm like, you know, we're seeing the change. Like the fact that there are so many people who, um, you know, will reach out like that is like amazing. Like, I just love it. Absolutely. And I, deep down, everybody wants that feeling of community. Like, yeah. we're, we want that. And the only thing we have to do is listen. Like, really, yeah. the only thing we have to do is listen to each other. Um, listen to understand, correct? That's yeah. the one. I love it. Um, so we're, we're almost there. Um, I really appreciate you being here. Um, is there... Um, Anything else that you want to express to us and express to the community about what's going like, on right honestly, now? Yeah, just like keep up the good work, guys. <laughs> like, <laughs> keep on showing up. You know, I love like even when we do stuff, like even when we do the boring stuff where I'm like, okay, guys, we have to send out like a billion emails. <laughs> Get ready. Like there's so many people who are willing to do that and it does make a difference. So I'm like, you know, keep on top of the like the issues, keep doing what everyone's doing. Um, recognize that the things that we doing that, that we're doing are making a really big difference um, right. to a lot of people in the community. Um, we don't have to, you know, we don't have to change what we're doing. We're doing. I'm like, we're doing great, kids. <laughs> Keep it up. <laughs> so I am I'm really happy and I hope people do like you know they just keep it up and you know they they stick with it with the long haul because I think um I really do believe in people and I just Mm -hmm. like you know I look out and I'm like it's a we have a beautiful like we are we have people who are super committed to just a beautiful community and that's awesome like just keep being committed absolutely all right well I really do appreciate your time Thank you very much. Um, I look forward to updates. I always look forward to hearing kind of your your thoughts and your words in our in our groups and online. So, thank pre- you. Appreciate you being here. I'll let you go. You have a fantastic weekend. Thank you, and thank you for having me. Of course, of course. Thanks. <laughs>